Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast. My name is Michael Bath. It's Owner Stories today. It's Tuesday. And as I always say, it's not really Tuesday because I'm recording this today on a Saturday. It's a Saturday morning. It's a very cloudy Saturday morning in London. I'm about to uh, fire up the Zoom, fire up the Zoom and get Marco on. And some of you guys might think, hang on, that name's a little bit familiar. Well, it's familiar because Marco has been mentioned in many of the podcasts. Marco is Steve's, I always find this term very weird, cousin-in-law. I'm going to say it, cousin-in-law, as Steve says. Uh, But Marco, uh, I've never met Marco before. It's the first time Marco and I are going to chat face-to-face. We have chatted via Instagram and things like that. Um, But Marco has got a very, very cool 911. You guys will know what it is in the title. I never like to say it. I don't know. Maybe I'm superstitious. I always like to wait till we get into the story. Marco's also got a very, very strong car passion. He's, uh, He's also got a passion for other brands. So I think what I'll do is before we get, uh, before I start rambling, let me get Marco through Zoom because I've got three minutes. I'm a little bit late this morning. Uh, it's Saturday. I like to sleep in on Saturdays, but I wanted to get Marco and this is uh, this was the best time to do it. Um, if you want to be on Porsche Cool Podcasts, uh, Porsche Cool Owner Stories, I should say, um, you can give me a, a shout out, give me a DM on my Instagram, either michael.bath or Porsche Cooled, and I will get back to you and we can organize a time. There may be there may be a period where I'm just going to uh, take a little break from the owner stories uh, and from the podcast. Um, I know you guys are probably going, no, 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 what are you talking about? It's just that I'm going to go back to Bahrain in a week's time and I'm simply not going to have time to do it. But what I'm doing is I'm recording a few in advance um, so you guys don't miss out um, on some Porsche content over that period. Um, we're not going away. We're not stopping the podcast. Nothing like that. It's just that my uh, my workload and my travel is going to be a bit intense. Um, so I just uh, I just won't have the time to do it. Um, so that's about it. But anyway, let me get Marco and let's start talking about his Porsche Cooled owner story. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Porsche Cooled podcast. Owner stories number forty six and. Uh, Marco's not aware of this, but I did a bit of an introduction beforehand. Um, you guys would have heard this name thrown about the podcast by Steve and by me. Um, Marco is, as Steve calls it, cousin-in-law. Is that the right term? Good morning, Marco. How are you? Welcome to the to the podcast. Morning, Michael. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Um, to the listeners that don't know, uh, Marco and Steve are related Related by marriage, Marco's got a really cool car. He's got his first 911. It's not his first Porsche, but we're going to get into that. And Marco is in Sydney. So you're in lockdown. Steve was going a bit stir-crazy the other day when I spoke to him on uh, last week's episode. How, how are you going, Marco? Yeah, pretty much the same. <laughs> We've been messaging each other, just telling each other how awful it is, but suck it up. You know, I mean, look, yeah, Australia's been pretty lucky up until now, but it is, yeah, look... It's not ideal. It's not ideal. So, are you sneaking? Are you sneaking out for those occasional drives? Are you allowed to do that, or are the um, COVID police going to stop you somewhere along the way? At the moment, we're allowed to get out within our LGA, which is good, within well, at least ten kilometres. Um, and I won't lie, I've snuck in a couple of short trips in a couple of the cars, which is good. Yeah, I think you have to. <laughs> I think you have to. Yeah. 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 
All right, let's let's start the story. Let's start your your owner's story. Um, we always I always like to start at the same point, and that that starting point is <clears throat> you know where it all began. Um, and a lot of you know there's I guess you know fifty fifty. Some owners have been thinking about Porsches since they were a kid. You know they've had the model car, they had the magazines, they started seeing it. Uh, a few people have always thought these are going to be unobtainable. How am I going to get to the point in my life when you're a kid to be able to afford such a car, such an expensive sports car? So tell the listeners where it all began with you, Marco. Was was Porsche something that, when you were growing up, was something that you noticed? Uh, did you have family or friends or neighbours that owned a Porsche or a 911? How did that How did that start for you? Well, not so much Porsches. Uh, when I was I was growing up, and I had uh, I had uh, we were in a sort of a dead end street, and I had a couple of little mates there, and one of them had an older brother. And uh, he, he and his mates were right into cars and it was more the Aussie sort of generic cars, you know, like your, your Holdens and your Fords and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But for years I just remember them changing cars all the time. So I was always around Aussie cars and then there was a few sort of Mazda RX-7s around as well and it was just always around the guys just hanging out and we were much, much younger than them but – We'd always sort of walk over and, and just sit with them, and, and they were pretty good. You know, they'd take us for drives with them every now and then. When 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 we uh, when we asked our parents politely or just quietly, maybe snuck away a couple of times. But <laughs> yeah, that's that's where it sort of always well the car thing started from. Um, my dad wasn't really into cars. Um, he had a couple of Valiants really early on, but. He wasn't really into cars. Porsche snuck its way into my life through probably through Matchbox and model cars. Okay. So that's when you started first becoming aware of it. I think like a lot of us actually like toy cars, we would see it. Hmm. It was a shape that we knew. I mean, for me, it was a shape that I knew, but I probably didn't know what it was called. You know what I mean? I just thought it was, you know. Yeah, I, I, it was this you know iconic sort of shaped car that you used to have. I think I had one as well. I distinctive, distinctively remember uh, there was somebody in the street. I can't remember who it was, but they worked for Qantas. Okay, and we're talking in the eighties, so they worked for Qantas, and Qantas or many of the many of the airlines were really good with children. They they give you a little pack to keep you entertained, so you yep. wouldn't annoy everybody else on the plane, and. At this at this stage, they were giving out little toy cars, and uh, and they happened to be Porsches, nine eleven. So that was my very first little sort of matchbox or collectible, and I've still got it to this day. So it's oh, you do? pretty big up, cool. but I've yeah I've kept it to That's this day, cool. and and it's a Cabrio, and it's <laughs> it's uh you know it's probably not you know not, not the one that I was always going to chase, but yeah, it's what sort of kicked it off. Yeah. I wish I wish I would have kept all my Matchbox cars. I used to get one a week. My mother used to religiously buy me one, one a week. And this is when they were in boxes. Um, and it's like, I think over the years when I was a kid, I just destroyed them or lost them and I don't have any of them. And it's one of those things, you know, I, I spoke to someone else who said they kept their whole Matchbox collection, collection from when they were a kid and I think they were in their 50s. And it was like, man, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have done that. Yeah, I was always the one to break them open of their blister packs and just start pushing <laughs> them around as well. I mean, this thing I've still got it, but it's a, it's a mess. But it's it's 
it's cool that I've still got it. I'm glad I kept it. So I just want to tell the listeners just to set the scene. Marco's sitting in his garage and I, I just saw his uh, car, which we're going to talk about shortly, his Porsche, and he's surrounded by all these model cars as well. So it's a, it's a pretty cool um, it's a pretty cool place to sit, that's for sure, Marco. So with the car thing, okay, so you weren't really into Porsches. You had the Matchbox. Um, you know, you, you saw RX-7s. There was Australian cars. Your dad had Valiants. Um, my auntie used to have lots of those Valiants with those wings, those very crazy Valiants. Um, so... What was the first, you're getting your license, you're starting to drive, how does your car passion change then? Do you start thinking more about Porsche then or do you start looking at other cars and thinking I want to collect some of those? What was the first memorable car that you started to, um, uh, you know, chase after? So, first memorable car, look, I I got a hand-me-down which was pretty lucky in the day and that was a little Ford Laser and I loved that thing to bits. It was a little automatic, nothing special. Um, you know, but it sort of, I don't know, it just sort of it taught me that, you know, whatever you have, take pride in and, and, and love. And then I was always into the German cars, although back then it was mostly about the Japanese cars. All the grey imports were coming into Australia, you know, the whole Fast and the Furious stuff was coming out and it was, a, it was all about the Japanese cars. But for, yeah, for some reason I always liked or I preferred the German cars. So, my first real exciting car was a Mark IV Golf. That was my first brand okay. new purchase that I worked really hard for, and and yeah, I was really proud of that thing. Yeah. So the Mark IV Golf. So you owned that for quite a few years. I had that for I had that for a couple of years, and then um, and then we were and then I I was with my my now wife at the time and. Um, Eventually, we ended up in another Golf, a Mark III VR6. So I'll be, I mean, you, you'll sort of notice that I'm okay. limited with a lot of Volkswagens and Golf. Okay. So uh, you went from the Golf, yeah. you went to the VR6, which was a great car at the time. Mm. Uh, fantastic yeah. car, right? Sought after. Mm. Um, so, then, so this sorry? started the Volkswagen. This started the Volkswagen journey, did it? This was the start of it. So you're getting into the slightly newer ones at the time. What followed after the VR6? So the VR6 really taught me what the Germans could do in terms of putting a bit of performance into their cars. I knew they were well built with the Mark IV. It was a great car, and I still love them to this day. But the VR6 was something else. I mean, look, you know, little hatchbacks or any other little hatchbacks, little hatchback now will run rings around it. But at the time, it was a pretty special car. Um then, as many people say, life happens. So married, looking to get, you know, start a family and, and we did and, and the VR6 was sort of getting to the point where it needed a little bit of money spent on it and I just thought, look, I'm, I'm just going to be sinking money into this thing. So I ended up buying a, you know, your family wagon, a, a, a Toyota RAV4 and I thought, right, this will do us for however long and we'll just okay. sort of keep going with that. But um, I ended up buying myself a little 1970 Volkswagen Beetle as well before this, before the VR6 left. And um, so I thought, look. Sorry, Marco, did you buy that? Mm. Did you buy, sorry for interrupting, did you buy that because you knew you were going to have a family car? You knew you were going to buy a RAV4? And for the international listeners who don't know what a RAV4 is, I don't know whether they're available ever. It's just like a medium-sized SUV um, or small to medium-sized SUV, I would say. 
Did you did you buy the Volkswagen because in the back of your head you thought I'm going to be really bored with with the Rav? Um, yes, actually, I, I probably bought it just. Yeah, I, I I bought it just before I could see the writing on the wall, and you're right. I, I I had the thing sitting there; it was pretty rough, and it was sitting in the garage. I had a motorbike at the time, actually. I forgot. Um, and then the Rav Four came along, and I'm sort of one day it just. Uh, you know, we were not far off of having our first. And I remember opening the garage and just looking at the Beetle on the motorbike and I th- sort of thought, okay, it's either one or the other. So I sold the motorbike and decided I'd do a quick respray on the Beetle. So we're two months off having our first and – I thought, oh, look, you know, I sort of sold it as, oh, look, it'll be a quick respray and, and within four weeks, you know, not much money will be, I'll, I'll be fine, you know, I'll, I'll have my fix and back on the road. So anyway, 18 months later, the car ended up going back to bare metal, um, brand new interior. So, okay. yeah, my wife, she's really patient and, yeah, that, that sort of, I think it was, I think it was that missing, that missing piece, you know, VR6 was gone. And and I was sort of, I was bored. So I'm thinking, no, I've got to have something. So yeah, that that's sort of. How many years ago was that, Marco? How many years ago was that? Because I'm trying to work out what sort of cost you bought this VW back. That was about 14, 15 years ago. Okay, so you got it at the at the at the bottom. You bought these at the yes, bottom, right? So yeah, you bought them at yeah. the right time before everyone started to think about, hey, I want to I want a Beetle. Before Jerry yes. Seinfeld started talking about them and collecting them and. <laughs> The Seinfeld effect. Yeah, they, now you know you, you probably have listened to the previous owner stories where I had PJ on. PJ's the guy that hosts the um, classics of the clubhouse here in UK. I don't know whether you've listened to that episode. And PJ yeah, is a big V Dub guy. He's got the the truck. I don't even know what the f- names are. The flatbed one, the one with the sides that fold down, and he's got beetles. Mm-hmm. So what is your beetle? What what year is it? T- just tell the listeners about it because there is a Porsche relationship here. So what was the what was the actual details of your beetle? What year is it? Is it split window? Is so it- so that was a 1970, which has since gone a long time. But that was a 1970 that sort of started this whole air cooled Volkswagen love that I'm I'm still into. You know, 15 years later, um, and I had original Fuchs 944 turbo wheels on it. I had. I, I just I just played around with it within period, you know. I sort of thought if I'm doing anything to this car, I really want to make it look like um, somebody, you know, back in the day would have just sort of taken bits off a Porsche and okay. thrown them on that and just made it sort of look good. So it was was it more hot rod? Was it more lowered? Was it or was it more still classic with it with the yeah, no, it, was, it was lowered. Yeah, it was lowered. It, it was, was lowered. More yeah, more hot rod and I ended up building a decent size engine for it as well which was something that i always wanted to do and that engine is still with me as okay. well in another car now yeah all right so you you spent 18 months getting this car took about a year and a half to to restore so you have mm-hmm. that car you said you've got rid of that car but you said you still have the engine so tell the listeners so what did what did you actually do you sold the car with a different engine how did you what did you do there yes so uh, i still i still had the car family was was um you know getting getting a little bigger and i thought look i've always wanted a combi um and i'm into my commercial vehicles which is much like um pj is it pj yeah pj yeah Yeah. Uh, um he's got a single cab split screen i've got a dual cab 
bay window, which is a later model. Um, and it, anyway, I ended up having the Beetle and a combi at the same time. Okay. Again, my wife's very patient. I was going to say and, she is. Uh, <laughs> she is. So, uh, look, I ended up selling the 1970 Beetle, my first project. And, you know, I wish I had it. I wish I still had it. But if I didn't let it go, it wouldn't lead to, you know, other things. So, let that go. Took the engine out of that and ended up putting that engine or shoehorning it into the combi. Oh, okay. Um, so... Beetle's gone. I had I had the combi, and uh, again I held on to that for as long as I could until it just became impractical. Um, in the meantime, I had picked up a Mark Five GTI Golf. Okay, so you've gone well. back, so, gone back to newer again. So you've gone back to not a classic. Yeah, you've so gone to a newer Rev, model. Rev Four's gone, and I've now got the Mark Five GTI as well as the dual cab combi. Um, but again, the, the combi was just getting impractical. So I ended up letting that go and getting into, you know, just a general dual cab family wagon again. So, um, sorry, Marco, did the dual cab combi work as a family car? It did for me. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody else liked it. It was just why because it was because too of old. The engine, or it was it's just lowered. Noisy. Well, it's just lowered. It, it was it, it was noisy. It was lowered. It, you know, it smells of fuel and vinyl and all the good things that I love. Yes, yes. But yeah, um, you know, the family didn't didn't quite like it. it. Was more. I mean, I was driving it every day for work. You know, I just I'd use okay. the thing every day because I just loved it. Um, but it did get to the point where it was reliable then, somewhat. I was okay. under it every weekend, giving it love, and you know the engine was that same engine that I had built, but it's a modified engine, so it's not sort of meant to be cruising around Sydney every single day, and you know you're just going to stay on top of it. But it was um, everything I loved about it as a weekend toy. I started to hate about it as a weekday car, and that's where the two clash. And okay. I sort of yeah, I, again I, I sort of said okay, well. Take a step back. I've had my fun. Take a step back again. All right. So you've got this air cool passion. Um, it doesn't seem to be going away. You sell the combi. You've got the GTI Mark Four, right? Did you say Mark Four or Mark Five? That was a Mark Five. Mark Five. GTI. So you got, yeah. Okay. So you got the GTI. Do you hang? So then you go back into just normal family type cars again? Is that what you where you go? Yes, I, I mean we had the Mark V GTI for a little while, as well as the you know the dual cab I replaced the the combi with. Then enter Mark Seven GTI. Okay. So Mark V GTI we said goodbye to, and and Mark Seven GTI came in, and and you know another great car. Um, so you know we had I was I was pretty happy. I um, we sort of got into a bit of family camping as well, which the the four wheel drive dual cab we had at the time worked quite well, and you know we just it was all all bases covered, but without an air cooled for a while, okay. for a while. All right, so let's then, let's sorry, go ahead. Then uh, you know I'm I'm uh, cap in hand on my knees in the kitchen saying please 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 can I get something <laughs> again? Yeah. Um, I ended up finding another single cab Ute, and you know sort of 
started to work on that and has so many older German air-cooled cars. It had it had a fair few issues and I sort of started to chip away at them. But I thought, look, I, I don't have time for this and I don't want to be sinking money into something like this when, you know, I've got other things to so that I've still got to tick, you know, in terms okay. of, you know, the, the home and renovations and everything else going on in life. Yes. And then I, you know, when I thought the hole I was in wasn't deep enough, I I got in contact with the guy that bought my jewel cap okay. six years earlier. Okay. And it turned out that he was now wanting to get rid of it because of a growing family. And I ended up going to pick it up with the dual cab I had swapped it for six years later on, on, a, on a car Okay, trailer. was this recently? Was this recently, Marco? How long ago was this when you... This was, this was probably three or four years ago. So I've had her again for three or four years. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, this is, the, this is the one on your Instagram, right? So you still have it. The white one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is so what I've, I was thinking I've, when I've you sold it. I've got her back, yeah. Okay, you've yeah. got it back. Um, yeah. And your wife yeah. was cool with that? She didn't think you were losing your mind? She was, because you know what the funny thing is... Uh, kids grew up and and they both remember and you sort of look back at it and, and it's all it's in a few of the photos and you know when you're having a picnic in the park and all this yeah. and it's just it's a weird thing right and all of a sudden they they sort of started to really want want it back and and I thought okay well this is a good thing so I get this I get the dual cab back with the same engine with right. the engine that I'd built perfect completely untouched um all he had done really was just fix the rust which was a good thing um yeah. but the market had moved by then quite significantly so but i was okay with that i was okay. okay because of all the time and effort and money i had already invested in this car years earlier i thought it's i'm getting it. all that back you know look okay. it was just it was you know man well you know you're sort of yeah. man calculations happening yeah but the memory um, side of it, you know, I think the memory side of it is important, like you said, with your kids. And I remember PJ, and, and I see similarities here between yours and, and PJ's story. I mean, PJ telling me during COVID lockdown, he would show, they would go out to the to the combi and, and watch movies in the back, the kids, you know, and his kids would love that car, you know what I mean? And they love the Beetle. It's like this thing with kids when you're growing up. And there's something that kids just love about Volkswagens, I think, especially classic Beetles and combis, isn't it? There's something about them, because I don't know whether they look like toys or what it is, but there's something about them. It's a, it's a funny thing because you're so many cars out there, but yet, and they're, they're so old, you know, you, everybody sort of knows what they are. Even if they're not into cars, everybody, uh, I mean, you look, I'll be dry. I'll, I'll stop to get some fuel and guarantee there's somebody that will come up to me and want to have a chat about somebody they knew that had one or they yeah. had one when they were, you know, even just sitting at traffic lights. Uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool, which is why, I'm into them as well, you know. It's just it's like it's, owning a Ferrari. Um, it's it's whole, almost the same yeah, thing. It's the aura. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> All right. Okay. So you, you've got you still got this one. You've got it. It's in your it's in your garage. Um, you've got that air cool passion. When does what comes next? Does the Porsche does the Porsche come next? Because this is the 911 isn't your first Porsche. I don't think it was your first Porsche because you have you have a family Porsche, so to speak. Um, what came next that? on the lead up to the 911. So this is, yeah, sorry. I, I just realized how many cars I've been playing around with. Um, so now I've got the dual cab, single cab. I mean, I wanted to keep to have one of each 
I ended up selling that because it was part of the deal. Yeah. Um, get, get, you know, the dual cab back, sell the single cab, which was fine. Um, in terms of our family sort of run around, we're now in a BMW 135i. Okay. Which I, I loved and still really, really love. To me, that's, that's the prettiest shape that BM has ever put out, I think. Anyway, that and the 2002, my two favorite cars yeah. um, in the BM range. So, you know, we had that as the, as the family car mark. Seven Golf has now, GTI is now gone. Um, and I've now acquired another Volkswagen Beetle. So uh, it's sort of starting to grow. That that little air-cooled rash is starting to make its way in again. And uh, so I was uh, – look, I was I was pretty happy. So what year is the Beetle, Marco? What's the, what's the, the Beetle? The this Beetle is a, is a – this, this is a completely different one. So the first one I built is now long gone. I haven't yes. seen it again. This one's a 1961, you know, one year only. I'm not oh, going okay. to sort of get into that whole side of things, but it's a 1961. So much earlier, much earlier. Much earlier, yeah, and I, and I quite prefer the shape of the earlier ones. So it's just really clean with a whopping 36 horsepower engine. Wow, so, crazy. Oh, yeah. This, Makes this the 912 thing, look um, fast. <laughs> it makes a shopping trolley look fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... V dub. So at the moment you've got the you've got the combi and you've got the um, the beetle, correct? Beetle. Is yes. there any other VWs? Yeah. That's it. At the moment, I've got another. I've got another three. <laughs> you got another in, three in waiting. Yes, another really? three beetles. In, yeah, in waiting. Yeah. In um, waiting. What does that mean? In waiting. Well, they just needed a little bit of love. They've been sitting. They were they were country cars, so they're pretty clean yeah um they just need a little love they need a few bits and bobs in the engine bay and i'm sure i can get them running again so more electrical sort of stuff so but, um, you do the work yourself or you get you do some of the work yourself and you get other people to do some of the work how does that how does that all pan out do as much of it as i can i don't like if i'm having if it's a car that i'll be using with the family i i've just got this thing about not touching brakes or steering Okay. So they're the two things that I always send my cars away for, you know, because look, I'm I'm pretty confident I could give it a go, but the back of my head, I just I I I just much rather have somebody else take care of those important things. I can have a clutch cable go on me, which is fine, but yeah, not brakes and steering. Now you're sitting yeah. in your special garage, and I you know I saw your 911 before for the first time on video. Where are all these Volkswagens housed? Are they housed in your in your house in your garden? Um. If if I told you, I'd have to kill you, Mike. <laughs> no, the uh, look, I, I've I've sort of got them scattered. Okay, um, covered, yeah, where I can. But the older ones now are in the front yard. So, and I mean they're covered, but yeah, they're they're sort of in the front yard. Um, so this is something you're sharing this passion with the V Dubs because I mean I'll I'll bring it into the story because you know I know the other side of it. Your father-in-law still got Volkswagens, right? He's still got his Beetle. Yeah. Yeah, so he's still you, got his Beetle. Yeah. yeah. So you share so this I, passion I mean, the, with him? Yes. Yeah. He's um, he's great. Like we we yeah, the car passion is it's so good when you when you've got somebody that you know that is that is in your life that yeah. you know just loves everything you love and you know it's great. And look, my wife, she's you know she's she appreciates really 
nice cars, which is which is That's good. Great. Which yeah. is good. Yeah, yeah. She she's she's into them as as long as they don't sort of cause a havoc. <laughs> yeah, or send yeah. you or send you broke. Um, I'll, send me both, yeah. <laughs> I'll just say to the listeners, because I want to get onto the onto the nine eleven. I'll just say to the well, listeners, if if you know uh, Marco's father in law is Steve's uncle, so if everyone's heard the podcast many many times, Steve's always talking about his uncle. That's Marco's father in law, um, who has a bit of a car collection. So, all right. So Porsche, first Porsche. This is not your first Porsche. Yeah. What was your first Porsche, and how did that come about? Uh, so the one three five i is now too small, and I'm holding on to it as much as I can because I love that thing. Um, obviously not the one M, the one. Well, they're increasing in value, aren't they? They're in- I know the one the M, which Steve had, what a great car. I mean, that had, that had everything. Look, the one three, five, I, they've got a fair bit of power. They just look really good. But when you're looking back at your eldest and you know, her knees are touching her chin <laughs> because she just doesn't fit in the backseat. Yeah. Look, you, you don't have much of a leg to stand on. Yeah, and that's the problem with those BMs, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You don't have much of a leg to stand on with your wife. So it had to go. And I thought, Oh, here we go again. Yep. You know, I've, I've now got to go back into the, the whole, you know, boring SUV family wagon thing. But it was okay because I had I had some air cooled with me now. So you know, I sort of we we sat down and had a good chat and tossed things around and and then I I um, took a trip out to a wholesaler in Artarman in North Sydney. Okay. And um, look, it was just one of those things where my father-in-law and I had a little chat and we said, oh, you know what? Let's just go out and have a look. And uh, it was a it was a it was a white 2012 Cayman S V8 with the GTS body kit on it, and okay. this thing had had every box ticked. And I okay. thought, look, it's really not the direction we're going, and she will never, she will never buy it. You know, I've tried this whole on your knees; it's not going to work again. Forget it. But yep. I thought. You know, we've done it many times here, and I would just sort of head out and have a look at cars. You know, yep. um, and as soon as I saw it, I thought, "Yes, I've got to get this thing because okay. it'll do the whole family thing <laughs> as well as be a little bit of fun." And and it is this this um, it had it, it was a one owner car, really clean uh, back seat had never been sat in so but it, it was it, it had a lot of boxes ticked in in terms of options there was i think it was 75 or eighty thousand dollars worth of options it was wow. crazy it, wow. yeah it it you know cooled seats heated seats in the back as well as the front and oh gee whiz she ticked every box including a you know for a second there i thought you said cayman s i wasn't listening I thought you said Cayenne. Cayenne less. Oh, sorry. No, I thought you said that's what I was thinking, and I thought I know you meant Cayenne. So, Cayenne. No, no, Ky- yeah, sorry, <laughs> Cayenne. No, it was a K. Well, geez, it would be good with a Cayman. Cayman S with a V eight. Yeah, bring it on. No, it was a, it, it was a, a Cayenne. Sorry. Yeah. Um. So plenty of room, and I thought, wow, winner. Okay. And. And I got in it, and I had this little—I had this little goal for myself, um, you know. And I sort of started family early and got married early, and I thought, look, just push on. And I'd love to own a Porsche before I hit forty. Yep. 
And the Porsche I always thought I'd be getting would be an early 80s Porsche because back then they were 25, 30K. And, I mean, we all know what's happened yes. to those now. Yes. So, in my mind, that's what I was getting and it was always going to be a little, little – it was going to be a car that I'd work on. And um, But, no, yeah, my first Porsche was a KNS, which is awesome. Yeah, it's great. And you've still <laughs> yeah. got that car today, yeah. right? You're still driving that car. Still You're still do. using it. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, that's our that's – our, family wagon yeah. so the cayenne the cayenne did that did that start that kept the the porsche in your mind right it kept it at the front of your mind that you, you know you still want a 911 you still want to start searching for a 911 um now when did you start searching was it this year because i remember steve mentioned it to me and i i don't think that the the one you bought the 996 that you bought was what you're originally looking for was it so when did you first start looking for a 911 where you thought okay i'm going to talk to my wife who's very understanding and I'm going to start looking for a 911. When did that happen? That happened probably mid last year. Um, probably mid last year. Um, I, I sort of I got to the point where I was thinking, right, I've just got to. At some point, you've just got to give it a go and and you know just dive in. I mean, that at least that's anyway that's the way I think. I just sort of go for it first and deal with it later, but. I sort of thought, look, if I can and I have to sell a few of the air-cooled cars to sort of make this work, then I'm really happy to do that because ultimately this this was my dream. And, and you know, I'll, I'll add to that, you know, meanwhile I've sort of – I've seen my uncle had, had an 80s Targa. Yes. Um, and then, obviously, I met my wife, and and my father-in-law had a nine nine three at yes. the time. And I remember the first ride <laughs> in the that temptation. <laughs> the temptation oh, is there wow. all the time. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you that question. Yeah, How did you deal is. with your with your father-in-law's Porsches um, over the years? Because I've heard about them. I have heard about them. <laughs> yeah. No. Look, the the nine nine three. He had the SC. Um, I barely got to see that. He. He ended up trading it in for the, the 993. Um, but what a great car. I still remember the first trip I took in that car. And it was amazing. Tiptronic, but, you know, look, it was it was a beautiful car. Yeah. Um, and then along the line, Steve was getting his 964 and then that turned up and – and eventually he got his 993 and it just kept feeding the fire, you know. <laughs> and I thought, oh, just keep your head down, keep yeah, your head down. Just Look, keep working. From these just little Volks, air-cooled Volkswagens yeah. and just keep your head down. And that's what I did. And I sort of thought last year I thought, you know, I mean, what do you – when's the right time? You know, when is yes. this right time? When are the clouds going to part and, and you know, say yeah. now is the right time? So I thought – Let's let's start, and I've always been looking. I mean, it, when it's your passion, you're you're you, you're always looking at them. You know, you might not be able to afford them, but you're you're reading everything about them. You're looking at them online. You're watching auctions. You're yes. doing all sorts. So, I I I um again, I've got a very patient wife. Um, I I sort of said, yeah, I think I think now I'll start to I'll start to seriously look at something. Yeah, and um, it's it's great you've got that support because you've got Steve there in the background and you've got your father-in-law in the background, you know what I mean, who are both, you know, Porsche fans. They, they've had a lot of Porsches. They can give you that advice. You start looking middle of last year. So did you start looking 
you know, people will know what you own because it's in the title, but we haven't introduced it yet. But did you start looking for a 996 or were you looking for air-cooled? Where did, what, what did you start looking for first, Marco? Um, and did you set the price limit that you wanted to spend or you, you had a bit of flexibility there? Um, yeah, I, I sort of, I, I started off like many people. I, I mean, look, I didn't want to be crazy. I sort of thought I'll go out and just sort of have a look at a few cars and see what X amount will buy me. And I quickly realized that X amount doesn't buy you much. And, and I I mean, I don't want to sort of sound snobbish or, but I sort of came away after having a look at a couple of cars and sort of thought, look, if, if that's, if that's what I'm sort of going to spend and that's what I'm getting for that money, I'd rather just stay put because I'm, you know, I, I still really enjoy the Volkswagens and the air cooled and all that sort of stuff. And I thought, look, I'll just, I'll hold off and then maybe come at it again. And, um, look, there's no holding off, you know, the, the market is just, it's crazy. So I sort of, I stepped it up. I was looking at, I, I was looking at nine, nine sixes at first. There was a couple of nine, nine sevens, more the, more the, um, PDK, but I really wanted the manual. Um, and then I thought air cooled the nine, nine three was always the car that, that I really wanted. Um, because it just had the best of both worlds for me. It had, it had the air cool coming from my whole Volkswagen, um, my, my whole Volkswagen history. And just, just for me, the, that ultimate Porsche, you know, it it was just, it was a beautiful, beautiful car. Um, but not, not at, but you couldn't find one. No, not at the price that I sort of started to, to look at. Then I, put price aside and said, okay, well, look, now I've sort of seen what, what this sort of budget will buy. I've got to sort of put that whole budget thing aside and actually go out and have a look at a couple of 993s, good 993s. And I always sort of, I always thought to myself, I want this to be special. I want this, whatever it is to be special um, to me, you know? Uh, So I, I ended up finding a nice Cabrio, 993 manual yeah really low kilometer drove really really nicely and the first time i went out with my eldest had a look and i i loved it you know it it did it put a smile on my face but there was something that i just couldn't shake and right you know it was probably the the cabrio thing but i sort of i came away from it saying all right well now you're looking at spending a fair bit more, but you know what this special is. Yes. And I went back to look at it again. And Michael, I, I walked away from it the second time. And the second and I actually went out to have a look at it with my father in law that second time. Okay. And was this the black one? Having a really good was this a black no, one? It was a it was a silver one. Okay. Silver one in um in barrel. Yeah, okay. at a dealer. The black ones, I did have a look at them. There was one that was the written off yeah, car yeah. and there was another one that was, um, yeah, just looked. They all one had, in Queensland with black wheels. Yeah. yeah, they all sort of had their own story, yeah. Um, and I, I had a good ring around and I was chatting to people and doing all that sort of stuff. But this was by far much lower kilometre, very clean car. Okay, Good Sounds history. Good. But I walked away from it. 
I because mm. again there was just there was something that and I and he and I were having a good chat on the way home and and I and I sort of said look if I can walk away from it then it's it's not the one because you you know when you look at this thing that yes look you know what I'll cash all my chips in and this is what I'm going for so yeah I guess with sorry I guess with the cabriolet it is a bit hard with the cabriolet um and it's weird though with the cabriolet because I have to say I've had in the last couple of weeks I think I've had three messages from people who have bought cabriolets 993s and old 80s ones who have just sent me pictures people just send me pictures of cars they've bought um, and I still think the 993 Cabriolet, and I know Nick Murray has one on YouTube and, and stuff like that, and um, Zuckerman on Spike's Car Radio just bought a 993 Cabriolet as well. I think the 993 Cabriolet is, is I think more and more people are going to look, look, look at them because of the fact that the coupe is so expensive, the coupe is so expensive, the hardtop. Um, but then you're not going to get a cheap one, are you? That's the problem. You're still not going to get a cheap one. So I kind of have an idea of the price you're looking at. So then do you stop then looking at 993s? Do you then look at, do you go and look at 997 Carreras or Carrera S's? Where do you go then? I mean, you're not looking at GT3s, right? A GT car is not something you're looking for? Well, look, I, I would have, but <laughs> the market was market is and was hot. So if it's a good car, it won't, it won't last long. Um, I came away from that car and, I mean, it, still I look at it and I've still got, you know, pictures of, of it the day I went out to look and it, it's still such a nice car, you know, and the, the cabrio, I mean, nothing wrong for uh, wrong with it, but for me, it just, it just wasn't something that I was looking for. Um, so I sat back and a week went by and a yellow, a yellow 996 turbo popped up at Lorbeck. Yep. But it was, it was Tiptronic. Yep. And I thought, as soon as I saw it, I thought, wow, look at that. And I actually sent them a message and uh, it was weird because the car, as soon as it popped up, it was gone again. Right. And I got a message saying it was, it was pretty much sold and uh, which I found really weird. So that was gone. I thought, look, I was looking at 996 turbos at this stage as well yeah but there weren't any on there were a few on the market but there weren't any that were just making me take that step forward okay. whether it was color that i didn't quite like or the kilometers or you know for whatever reason um and then my car my car popped up and and i sat there and i sort of looked at it and looked at it more for budget it was it was right up there by this stage <clears throat> pardon me and um, meanwhile, this, like I said, this automatic popped up and disappeared. And I thought, I, I have to pull my finger out. I've got to go and have a look at this thing. You have to be quick. But you were lucky, right? It was local, wasn't it? This car was a local car. It was. It was local. So I, um, you know, I didn't wait for a, for a you know, perfect sunny day weekend where yep. I could sort of mosey on out there. I sort of said, if I if I want this car, if I want to at least have a look at this car, I've got to make it happen. So it was during the week. It was hard, other end of the city, but you make it work when you, you when it's something that you want, you, you sort of make it work. Exactly. And to add to that, Marco, I've spoken to other people in Sydney who have been on owner stories and they noticed that car. People saw this car and thought it was a great car. <clears throat> you know what I mean? And they noticed that mm. it went quickly. 
it did actually sell quickly. And I think if you didn't scoop it up, someone else would have very quickly because it was a very, it's a very good example and I want to get into that. So you went and looked at this car. Tell the, tell the listeners what you went and looked at and uh, what you eventually purchased. Okay, so I, I went to look at my now 2,996 Turbo in Speed Yellow. Um, I remember turning up, it was, like I said, it was during the week. I had to take time off work and, and just sort of make it happen. And the, the, the owner, he, he was a bit of a collector. He had a few cars, but he, he pulled the cover off it and I got that feeling. Yeah. As soon as I saw the cover come off it and I saw the paint and I saw the wheels and it was just the cover was just slowly coming off it. And I thought, just hold yourself together because you can't, you know, poker FaceTime, you can't, you can't sort of, you know, let him know that you want it too much. But wow, I was not walking away from this car. There was no way I was walking away. Okay, he pulls the cover off. He's got a collection. This guy knows about pricing. He knows about prices. How do you go about it then, Marco? Do you do you think, okay, I, I know I can't screw this guy down. I know I can't get the price down too much because I'm going to miss out. Do you give him an offer or do you know that you're probably going to have to buy it at the asking price? Um, to be honest, I was I sort of settled out. Once once I stood back and looked at it, I sort of, I sort of said, okay, well, have a really good look now, right? Just don't don't let the shiny paint get to you. Have a really good look at this car. And I sort of crawled under it and had a really good look at it. Um, and I convinced him to take it for a drive. Now, I didn't want to drive it, but I, I asked if he was okay to take me for a drive. And that's, that's when, that's when it, it was signed and sealed that this car was amazing and I had to have it. Now, by the time I got back, my father-in-law was with me again. Uh, by the time I got back, he had poker face, but I didn't because this car was the car. I wanted it. So I was, you know, I was quite happy to just give him every cent and yep. just walk away because this car was just my absolute dream car. Um, so your father-in-law was with you when you did the deal, when you were, when you decided you're going to buy it. Yes. Yes. And cause I've heard from Steve that, uh, you know, your father-in-law, his uncle is quite a good negotiator. Is that correct? He is. And I am as well. Like I, I really, I really like that whole part of doing the deal with cars and, you know, people that I know that ask me to go along with them. And I'm quite happy to sit there and just, look, I, I think it's, it's a bit of fun, you know, and I sit there and, and just, you know, within reason, you don't want to be rude or anything, but you just try and get the best deal you can. So I think he could see that I was quite happy to pay asking price, but you know, I, I sort of, I, I threw a price at it and, and then he sort of stepped in when was needed and right. uh, yeah, we settled on a pretty good price pending PPI. Okay, so um, you did a PPI. So you, you give the guy an offer, you give him a deposit on the spot. Because a lot of listeners like to know the process here, how you, how, how you do it, right? A lot of people don't know how you do it. So did you, you give him an offer, it's reasonable, you give him a small deposit at, the, at that point? Yes, I did. I gave him a deposit to secure it because I, I thought, no, you've, you know, you hear too many horror stories of walking away, gets a bigger offer, sells it to somebody else. So I thought, Okay. No, he sent some paperwork through. I sent I sent through a deposit, um, or pending PPI, and the the guy selling it was a 
great guy. Really, okay. really nice Fantastic. guy. Um, really easy to deal with. Happy to take it over to the other side of Sydney to get it checked for me. He was he was great, you know. And he's he's a yeah. I mean, I'd I'd still chat to him now and oh, that's good. you know, Messi. He's got great cars and he's in the car scene. And well, everything, so as we always say, uh, that's the best part of buying a Porsche or buying a car, isn't it? It's a story that comes with it. It's the person you buy yeah. it off. If you like that person, yeah. then that story just grows. So where do you get the PPI done? Do you go to Auto House or do you go to somewhere else in Sydney? Well, at first I rang I rang um, Porsche Centre Willoughby because through the KNS. I've um, the history of that. It was purchased at at um, Porsche Centre Willoughby, and I've always serviced it there. So I sort of had a bit of relationship going with with their service department. I thought, look, I'll give them a ring, see if they can fit me in. Purely, purely just to sort of see if you know. Since I did know them, they they sort of get me in sooner. But turns out they don't do the PPIs anymore. And he yes. sort of went on to explain that you know, look, it just wasn't worth it for them. Um, and obviously, the next the next shop I thought of was Auto House because they have seen the Cayenne as well. Um, so sent it to Auto House, and and uh, yeah, they carried out the PPI. So how was the list? I mean, we always know these PPI lists. You know, there's a lot of things on there that you can't get too stressed about. Um, there's maintenance things that you would definitely have to do because you know it's it's not a new car. Were there any major things on that um, list that you? had to take uh, more consideration for We had to think about the car a little bit more. I mean, we all know with the turbo, the rear wing is problematic on that 996. I mean, it's kind of well documented. Were there any major issues that made you think twice about going forward with the, with the deal? Well, uh, to be honest, it was the first PPI I've ever done. I'm, I'm usually pretty cluey and sort of like to back myself and have a look at a car myself and do the whole um, – the whole car history thing online and make sure it wasn't stolen and or written off and all that sort of stuff. But this was a pretty big purchase. And I sort of thought, look, I get a good feeling. The guy, the seller's really good. Um, but I re- I've, I've got to get a PPI. So being my first PPI, I get a list and everything looks bad. You know, it's just this initial shock. And I, and I had to read through it. And I just put it down. I had a cup of tea. I settled down and I sort of thought, okay, now let's revisit it. And again, I mean, lucky enough, I've been playing around with cars for long enough that I can sort of, I, I was able to then go through it again and just start to pull things out and say, well, no, no, no. You know, things just didn't really need to be done. But yeah. they did a great job because they went through it with a fine tooth comb and pointed absolutely everything out, which was fantastic. Um, but look, in the end, just like any, I mean, the, it's a 21 year old car. It's had a few owners, but still really low kilometers, uh, 46,000 kilometers on it. How so, much was on it when you bought it, Marco? 46,000 or was that when you bought it or now it's got 46,000? Uh, I think now it's got 46,000. So it's to very be honest, low. it's pretty bad. I don't, I don't even. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty. Uh, look, I, I've probably put one or two thousand kilometers on it. Yeah. And you know, you, you know, you're talking about. Let's just tell the listeners again. It's a 2996 Turbo in speed yellow, which is a which is the best color in that speed yellow. We're talking about that in the, in the Turbo. I think we we're talking about that before. That and silver, I think, still think are the best two colors. Um, mm. And it's got super low kilometers, and it's not a Tiptronic. And a lot of turbos 
were Tiptronic, right? A lot of people didn't spec them in manual. It was a common thing to spec them in Tiptronic just because of the people that were buying them. Um, so you get this done. So is there anything... So do you go back to the seller and try and get a little bit more off the price or you're happy to go forward after that? No, I was, I was, um, look, I could see that he was pretty fair. We, we sort of just laid it all out and, and that's the way I sort of deal with, you know, when I'm buying or selling cars, I, I sort of said to him, look, I know that a PPI will, will give me a whole list of things because that's what they're getting paid for. He was, he was honest. He told me about the wing. He told me about, there was another couple of smaller things as well. And I, and I said to him, look, we know, or you've, you've been honest enough to tell me these major things. And look, I could sense that he was more than happy to take it to a specialist for a PPI. Okay. Uh, he, he just didn't want me to get scared off by a PPI. And I, I reassured him. I said, look, I'm expecting a list. Um, but as long as there's nothing in there that's catastrophic, yep. it's fine. And we're not talking about price anymore. You know, the deal's done. We sort of walk away and we're both happy. Yeah. So you're ready to do the deal. I remember, I remember speaking to Steve about this and he was saying that you were looking at a car and I remember saying, is it that yellow one? Because I saw it come up and I thought it was, you know, the 996 Turbo, the best one that's come up in a long time. And I know Steve's friend was looking at one in Melbourne that he almost bought, which was that silver one which didn't look that bad either. I think they had 40-odd thousand kilometers as well. It was quite low. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're the best, even to this day, I think they're still the best at your car and that silver one are the best two turbos that have come up. And they're both, they were both in the higher end. They, they, you know, they weren't in the lower end as yeah. we know. I remember um, the silver one. Yeah, yeah. And the silver one was quite good. So now you've done the deal, you pay the cash over. Do you pick the car up from the guy or do you just send it straight to order house and get them to rectify a few things first? No. So he actually... He actually left the car with Auto House because as soon as I got the list from them, read over it the next morning, I rang him up and said, we're good to go. You know, the, the car's perfect. I'll take it. So it was just, you know, it was just a transaction really. So Auto House were good enough to hold on to the car for me uh, because they were much closer for me to pick the car up and until all funds were cleared and I just picked the car up from Auto House. Okay, on Marco. A, uh, busy afternoon. <laughs> let's let's talk about that. We'll jump to that in a second. But just tell the listeners quickly what options came with your car. Do you know? Did you have the sticker under? Uh, well, Steve says the sticker's not under the hood anymore. But did you? Do you know exactly what options it came with? Just tell the listeners exactly what it was spec with from the factory, if you know. The stickers. Uh, the sticker is still under there, but it it um, because it was an early car. I don't know how much how much of an option list they had, but it had the, you know, your aluminium gear lever, handbrake, uh, little highlights, and it had a early sat-nav okay. as well. But, oh, and it had the comfort seat, comfort leather, so the softer leather. All right, yeah, yeah. Um, but the standard sport seats or comfort seats. Okay. Not the bucket, not the bucket type seats. So uh, in terms of options, you know, it, it had, you know, very simple sort of options on it from factory. Yeah, but I think, and I probably should have said this, I mean, in Australia, I think that the turbo was always highly optioned anyway, wasn't it? It was a highly specced car in general. Um, because it would, being at the top of the price price range of the, of the variance, the top of the range, 
Um, because it has leather dash and everything, right? It's like extended leather, which I think comes standard in that, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, th- I think they're all. Yeah, I think they've all got the extended leather. Yeah, so yeah. I think you're right. Look, it, it, into, uh, you could probably get bucket seats in them, and look, I'm, I'm I'm sure there are people out there that are sort of saying, no, 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 you can get plenty more than that. But um, I look, it's it's got enough in there for me. Let's say I'll probably, I probably I wouldn't mind the bucket seats but the the leather i quite like the softer leather it's really comfortable it's beautiful leather yeah, yeah it's nice that leather it's like a is that that ruffled ruffled sort of leather seats isn't yes it? yeah that yes i yeah, think that yeah. works really well in that car and that was always that feature of the turbo that looked better than the plain 996s it really did look yeah. a lot better it doesn't i mean look i i don't think it cracks as easy you know it's just it's it's aged okay. quite well it's 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 really really good yeah. Yeah. So really let's go. Yeah. No. Steve said your interior was was really good. He actually made the point mm. to me that it looked really cool. Um, so let's go. Let's go to that day. And you're at Order House, and I know where Order House is, and they've got that long driveway, and you've got to get out onto the traffic on that road. And if that road out the front, you've got to go across the two lanes. I don't know which direction you're going in. It can be a little <laughs> bit scary, especially if you're in your new 911. So here you are. You're at Order House, Hamilton, and Chatswood. You go and pick up your new 911. You're in it for the first time. At, uh, did you pick it up alone or with your wife? And then you, and then you drive it out. How is the feeling? when you drove that car off uh, out of Autohouse's garage there? It was out of body. <laughs> it was, look, it was, um, it wasn't ideal because, again, it was afternoon, peak hour. It looked like it was going to rain. You know, it was just one of those days that you think, gee, yeah. you don't want to be picking up a, you know, your dream car and in you this you got all those speed bumps going down there. Oh, and- <laughs> wow. So sitting in, in peak hour traffic, but, I loved every second of it. It was, it was so good. It was so good. It was, um, I, I got it home. I got it home and then the family came out and we just stood there and, and just looked at it. And then they went inside and I just stood there and looked at it. So the kids <laughs> you know, love it. It the was kids just love so it. special. Oh, they love it. Yeah. They love it. And my wife as well. Yeah. It's, um, and look, she knows how much this car means to me, you know, this, this milestone and especially that car, you know, this type of car, it's a really special car. Yeah. Yeah. And you've had that passion for a long time. You've had that air cool passion, you know, that German car thing. And now you've got, you know, what I think is one of the pinnacle of, of all 911s. Do you know what I mean? The turbo is the pinnacle and especially in the 996, um, the 996 and the 997, um, because of the Metzger engine, um, that's why it is so, such a special model, don't you think? And it's a very collectible model and it's, you know, and it's not about money. It's about how it makes you feel. It's the experience marker. But we all know that this model will appreciate in years to come. It is, yeah. it is going to be one special car, that's for sure. It is a special yeah. car now, but, you know, it's, you know, it's, well, it's an investment, that's for sure. Yeah, just thinking back, I mean, I, uh, my, my Mark IV, which was my first ever, you know, sort of real nice car, was a 98 model. And this is a 2000, and I remember then these Porsches, and I was so against the water cooled like everybody else, and I was, oh, no, they've ruined it and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, look, that's – it's history. Now it's it's a classic. And I remember when they, when they introduced the turbo and they first arrived, and you forever you, – you see the wide body, but then you're looking at the air dams. You're looking for those air dams on the side of the yeah, car. And you're saying, yeah. "Yes, that's a turbo. That's yeah. a turbo." And I always remember that. 
Um, you know, C4s look fantastic, but, you know, whenever you sort of see one drive past, you're always looking for those air damps. And as soon as you saw those, you thought, yeah, that thing, that thing's yeah, means business. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So the yeah. previous owner, the previous owner, had he done anything to the car that you weren't that keen on? Any added any options that you've removed or you've tweaked? Or was it pretty much standard? No, so he didn't he didn't have it for long. He he only had it for a few months and uh and he just I think he was just sort of selling things off here and there and purchasing and selling and and um look other cars that he had in his collection were a little different, you know, more the Aussie muscle cars and he had this uh and he didn't drive it much at all. So he didn't have it for long. But the car, somewhere along the line, it it, um, it was over in WA for most of its life. So, sorry, backtracking, it started, it was purchased here at um, Scuds, which is now okay. Porsche Centre Willoughby, um, as new or from new. And after that second owner, it went straight over, straight over to WA and spent most of its life there. And uh, somewhere along the line, there have been little bits added and um, sports exhaust, I'm still yet to work out which sports exhaust it has on it. Sounds fantastic. Okay, um, well, that's good. It's good that it's got an exhaust. Yeah, that helps. It's got, um, it's got some um, intercooler piping that's been changed over. It's got the, the JIC suspension. So somebody spent a fair bit of money on it, um, and look, to be honest, uh, to answer your question, there's there's really nothing I'd change because the car handles really well. It sounds really good. Um, and somebody's also put yellow seatbelts in it, yeah. <laughs> which is pretty cool. Yeah, the seatbelts I mean, are cool. It's a small thing, you know, but just these little things. And, and uh, look, to me, it hasn't been overdone everything that's been done would be what i would be adding to it anyway okay. which is really good so yeah. tell me about the respoiler because it's got a carbon respoiler hasn't it doesn't have the, mm-hmm. the stock uh color-coded respoiler and i know a few people do this to the um to the 996 turbo just tell the listeners what what's that all about why did the guy change the spoiler you think so the spoilers are known issue the hydraulics you, you give up um, and you know I've, I've read many many uh, reports on forums and posts where people sort of say look you, you take it in and, and get it fixed within a couple of years it could happen again so it's a known sort of issue somewhere along the line somebody sort of said look bugger this I'm not spending any money on it um, and they actually changed the hydraulics are still in there but what they did was they changed the wing to a 997 turbo wing, carbon fiber, so it's it's wider. It right. actually it sits really really well. I, I I love the look of it. It's just Michael. It's one of those things. But when I first went to look at the car, it just looked like it belonged. Anyway, okay. in my eyes, anyway, you know, I just thought it looks really good as it is. Um. And since then, I've sort of, I've again, I've delved into looking at fixing it. And Renkit's actually got a really good solution for it, uh, which is an electric drive for the wing. Yes. And I looked into that, but oh, I'm not a fan of the wing 
when it's up. I just I don't like the look of of the turbo wing up. I don't yeah. know. It's a, it's a weird thing. So, And I think that's I a just, common problem, on, not on just 996s, it's 997s as well, isn't it? 7s as it's well. On, yeah, yeah on it's on all system. of them. But the, but the gentleman that sold it to you, he, he had the original wing, so you still have the original wing if you ever want to put that back on. Yes, yeah. Okay, well, that's good. I, I, I've still got the original wing and the original exhaust as well, okay. which is good. Fantastic. Yeah, so I've, I've got a few bits which, uh, which are good. If I ever want to, you know, I really like I really like the contrast of the carbon. Um, I think when I mm. first saw it, and I might have mentioned to Steve that I wasn't so sure about it, but now I've seen it more. I do really, you know, in images. I do actually really like the carbon. Is that tempting mm. you, then, Marco? You know, are you going to get Steve's bug? Um, is that tempting you to get more carbon for the interior because now you've got that carbon wing on the outside? Um, you know, we always talk about leather parts and carbon. Is that something you're going to go yeah. down that slippery slope? Ship sailed. I'm, uh, <laughs> You've done it already. No, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm. Um, I'm looking for a center console. Um, I'm looking for a center console, uh, not in carbon because that's that's a lot of money. But um, Steve actually had a couple of um, pieces that have been dipped, which I actually haven't seen them yet. But I've seen plenty of photos, and they look really good. And he he thinks they look really good as well. So. I will be adding I will be adding some carbon fiber look and carbon fiber to the interior. Just little hints of it. I I, I don't want to. Uh, I'm pretty patient. I like to do things slowly and just yeah. add things bit by bit so they complement the last thing that was put on. I, I'm not you know I don't sort of want to just run a list and throw everything on it. And, no, you don't uh, want to do it all at once, yeah. do you? You want to just enjoy it and just live no, with it just, and see, you know, otherwise you can go yeah, a little bit exactly. overboard and you have things you don't yes. really need. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I just bought a whole lot of leather parts for my 997. Well, you know, not recently, over mm. a year ago now, which are just sitting in Australia. Um, but only because it was just easier to get them all at once and I'll just add them, you know, I might not put them all in at once, I might just add them gradually, you know, and just enjoy it over the time. But the dipping thing, the carbon fiber thing, I know someone that I spoke to and I can't remember who it was on a very early owner stories or who was in the UK who told me about that. In fact, I think it was um, mm-hmm. Barry who's got the GTS. I think it was Barry actually. And he, he found a company near his home in Manchester and he had that done for his sills, I think, for his side sills. Um, and the result was really good. The result was actually really, really good. Yeah. So I, think that's I mean, I, like I said, I haven't, I haven't seen Steve, Steve's, but he's – he, the pictures he sent look really, really good. And really are you gonna good. are you gonna borrow one of Steve's um one of his knobs that he has because he's got so many of them and you can try it out before you buy it? Yes, <laughs> I uh, actually I have I've I've uh, now recently, he's bought two more. Yeah, I know he's he's uh, he's doing well in the knob department. <laughs> Steve, we know you're listening and laughing inside. He's, we know you're yeah, laughing inside. <laughs> he um. Yeah, so he's waiting on two more, but I uh, I think he's mentioned to you before as well that I was looking at Function First. Um, they've got a yep. nice knob um, on the bigger side, but I'm sort of looking to add a little bit of yellow into the interior. And, you know, there's a couple in their range that look quite good, uh, but, you know, look, they're, they're out of stock and all sorts, but slowly I'll, I'll sort of start to add things like that. Yeah. You know what I really, I saw it the other day and I don't think I mentioned this to Steve because I went back onto Lathe Works again because, you know, to see those wooden ones he was talking about that he bought that was on their Instagram. And I had a look at Lathe Works and I really do like the stainless steel shifter, the knob. 
They've got this, and I saw it yeah. on someone else's Instagram actually, and I think they had the tag, and I saw it. It was a stainless steel with a black, and I don't know, it, it kind of looked really cool. And I know they have that in titanium as well. I think they do it in titanium and stainless steel, and I thought mm, maybe that's better because I was thinking about getting one of their black ones, but I want to see Steve's yes. first. Um, but then I thought maybe I could go stainless steel or even titanium might look good. But it's, there's so many things out there. So let's go back. I want to go back to the experience because, you know, you said you picked up the car from Waterhouse. It was a shitty day. It was a lot of traffic. You still had a great experience driving at home and then showing your family. The first drive, the first real drive. Now, I've spoken about it a thousand times before when I first went for the drive with Steve. We went to the Royal National Park. And then I felt what, I'd actually, what I actually had. I felt it going around those corners, going down to, you know, the Royal National Park. I felt the weight distribution. I felt the power. You know, I was a bit nervous. What was the first real drive marker where, where you did actually smile and think, wow, now I'm, now I'm definitely in a 911? Um, we, we did. Steve and I went on, on my first run down to the National Park, and that, that was good. And I shared that drive with my father-in-law, which was really nice because he was part of the journey. And, you know, he, he was with me through the whole looking at this car and looking at that car. So it was, it was really good to, to sort of head out. But I, I held back a lot because I'd only really driven the car uh, home and then just locally. And this was a pretty big drive. So here I am, in the national park, they've never been to the national park, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, in a very long time actually. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just same. didn't know the road, so look, I sort of skip a couple of trips later, and we did the Putty Road, which was the last trip. I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, I love and, that road. Oh wow, that's that's when that's when I really let rip, and the car is. The car's scary. It's it's fast. <laughs> it is. It is. Michael, you have to when when you're back in Sydney, I'll take you for a drive. This, yeah, no, we we. Fast. I've said to Steve already, and I don't know if I've said on the podcast. We have we have to do the putty putty road. I like the putty road because oh, yeah, I like how it's long. Sure. I mean, Steve made a joke yeah, last yeah. time that we came back on the putty road as well, and he said you should take the expressway. But I thought that was just what you did. It was a great drive. Um, yeah, it, the, the, that drive. Very few cars. Much better than National Park with traffic on the road. Not many cars. You know, it's, yes. it's much, much nicer. Yeah, so we, we did that drive on a Friday and we took off nice and early. And, um, and oh, wow, what a road and what a car. And, and to top it off, you sort of head we, we to the, the Hunter Valley. That's the sort of really got into it um well i'm 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 far from getting to really know this car but what what an amazing car you know i i there's comfort i i I, i'm comfortable in knowing that i can slowly just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and I'm nowhere near its boundaries. Yeah. But yet I'm still getting so much back from it already. Yeah. yeah. No, you've got a great it's, you've got a great 911 and that Metzger engine, uh, that bullet, yeah. bulletproof engine. So uh, where are we? Let's go to the let's uh, let's go to. So what else is planned then? What else are you going to do? Is there anything? So there's nothing major you want to do to the car. Everything. Oh, how? That's what I was going to ask you about the tires. When you went on this putty road drive, is that when you had your original tires that were on the car, or was that after you changed to the new tires that you bought? No, so uh, 
we had a chuckle about that as well, Steve and I. His tyres, pardon me, were slightly older or a little more worn in than mine, but that was the first trip on brand new tyres for me, so they were pretty oh, much okay. green. And here I am, here I am rocketing down these roads, but again, and it was it was dewy and a little wet and, you know, it wasn't a fantastic day, but, uh, I mean, to, it wasn't a perfect day to go out on that sort of drive, but um, the tyres... The tyres felt much better. The old tyres were really noisy and uh, um, I was pretty much just um, waiting to find – this is another thing. I, I, I just like to find good repairers or anybody I send my car to, I really want to trust them. So I did. I, I ended up finding a good tyre shop and had a really good chat to them and they knew exactly what I wanted and car went in there and I did the whole OCD thing and got them to move the – you know the wheel weights? Yes. You know the wheel weights that yeah, are on yeah. the inside? Yeah. I didn't like where they were sitting, Michael. This is my illness because you could see them. Yeah, can and see I them. didn't like the fact you could see them. So uh, all of these things. So I needed a shop yeah. that would put up with my OCD. And it's so, like when they take anyway, it's like when they take the old wheel weights off and you can still see where the old wheel weight was before oh yeah, as well. You see the gunk. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So the so, old tires, sorry, sorry, Michael, the old tires you had to change, yeah. just tell the listeners that because they were very old or they were very worn. They were very old. They weren't so much worn, and I found that after every drive, I was um, I was just getting what looked to be this black soot all over the car. Okay. Um, and at first, I sort of thought, well, look, I know that turbos can run a little rich, and you can get it on the back of the car, but it was on the doors. So I thought, right, these these tires are breaking up when obviously when they heat up, they're they're breaking up, which was probably why my first the first two runs that I did were a little tamer because I knew that I was on old old rubber but process of elimination I, I like to sort of just I wanted to get to know the car um, it also had it had been well the inner guards uh, I think Steve's mentioned it before the inner guards had some scuffing on them so they had worn through in a couple of spots and before I changed tires or anything or adjusted any suspension, I wanted to find out what was happening. And look, in the end, it turned turned out that wheels were fine, tire setup was fine, suspension was fine. I think somewhere along the line, somebody had bigger wheels on the car. Oh, okay. And the car was too low, and that's what. Okay. So, okay, yeah, pull the trigger, get some new tires, which was you know long overdue. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. I thought you were going to say you'd replace the liners. That's what I was waiting for. Oh no, no, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't, I haven't done that yet. So look, I've, I've, tires are on, um, and it is now booked in with uh, Porsche Centre Willoughby. To I want to get the car up in the air and just get them to have a look at. Um, there's a few plastics that are missing and just okay. general things that I want fixed and i want them to sort of it'll be serviced at the same time while it's there anyway uh, it'll be serviced um and i want them to just give me a list of what i'm sort of looking at and slowly i'll just chip away at at you know things get them replaced so is there a reason and i know other people have done this as well people have bought when they buy their first 911 or 911 they like to take it to a porsche dealership and get an actual porsche dealership to look over it and use their tools whatever they have instead of going to an independent is that the reason why you're taking it to willoughby or is this going to be a regular thing where you get willoughby to service the car 
Um, look, to be honest, again, it was just I th- I I'd heard that Auto House were quite busy. I thought, look, Porsche will be going to be busy as well. And again, because I've got the relationship with them, I thought, look, yes. I'll just give them a ring. Okay. Ask them to if they can even do this for me, you know, or not, or whether they just they just want cars in for servicing, or you know, they don't really want to just look over a car. And I thought, look, I'll get a service done anyway. They'll have it. They'll have a look at it uh, for me. And I just want a a list of things that they can see that I need replace that I need to replace okay. with a dollar sign next to them. Yep, I think that's so, a good idea. I think yeah. that's a good idea. Yeah. So that's booked in. Um, in terms of fun bits i've i've now got a alcantara steering wheel oh cool and alcantara uh, gear knob oh cool or gear boot yeah did you get that done locally or did you order it online no i ordered it i bought it i bought it on uh, ebay and it came all the way from lithuania Oh, right. So, what is it with lithuania lithuania and porsche parts seem to be very cheap i don't know where they get them all from but it's yeah. a trend there. So, again, really nice guy. It's this thing that I mean, I through the Volkswagen community, I've I've made many many good friends, um, and and again, I'm I'm finding that you know within Porsche as well, you just sort of you get to meet people, and 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 everybody's been really really good to deal with. Yeah. You know, so I'm sensing the same. Yeah, it's great. Community, great community. From the Porsche community. Yeah. Have you been to yeah. any? I guess you haven't, right? Have you been to any cars and coffee yet? Any of the Porsche cars and coffee, the ones that Auto House put on, or the ones that Duck and Whale guy puts on? No, I haven't. No, not with a car. I did. I did um, pre-purchase. I, I I went out to the Auto House cars and coffee, which was great. They had some really really nice cars there. Yeah, um, definitely. Have and to I do just a few went out there purely for yeah, purely for the you know photos and you know had a bit of fun with the camera and all that sort of stuff but you know great great cars at yep. these turn-ups and and uh now yeah with with covid it's it's sort yeah. of oh, it's, it's all gone everything's that, closed okay. here it's annoying yeah all right marco we're getting to the end i always like to we always like to finish with this question because the listeners um in fact, someone said to me, a couple of people have said to me, we should compile this as a book. I don't know how we would possibly do that. But driving roads, your favorite roads. You've had your 911 for a little while now, and you know, you've had your Volkswagens as well and your GTIs. If someone's coming to Sydney, if someone's coming to Australia, um, what roads would you say definitely, I mean, you've mentioned the Putty Road already, but what roads would you say definitely take your 911 or definitely take your sports car on? Um, again, I go back to Putty Road. It is... It's it's a it's a beautiful road. It's got so much to to offer, and then heading into the Hunter Valley at the end of it, you know, that's just that's the cherry on top because it's beautiful. Anybody coming into Sydney, Hunter Valley is beautiful. It's a wine region. It's got so many good restaurants, and hey, you get to have fun in your Porsche on the way there and on the way back. Um, the only other one I could probably suggest would be the. Bell's line of road into Lithgow and ticking the yeah. Bathurst track off your list, heading yeah. into Bathurst and and around the track. Not that you can race around there, but wow, I've been there a couple of times and it's it's amazing. You know, I mean, everybody knows the whole Bathurst race, yes. and it really Mount makes Panorama. you appreciate how good these guys are. Mount Panorama, wow! So that's that's a really good that's a really good place to head as well. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, I would agree yeah. with you on that one. And the Bell's Line Road, yeah. you're right. The last time I drove that was in a when we went, we had to go to a farms out in Warren and 
in, this, in New South Wales for a work thing. And we took a van and we actually drove on those roads. Um, and we went through Bathurst. But I used to live, as a kid, I grew up in a place called Blaney, which is just near Bathurst until I was 10. And I had fond memories yeah. of, of going to Bathurst and being in a car going around Mount Panorama, just in a car. And I was, as a kid, as a seven, six-year-old, it was like, I can't believe this is open. This is a racetrack because I remember seeing it on the TV yeah, as a kid, Mount Panorama. And my brothers used to go to Mount Panorama and hang out there and go to the race. Um, and it's like, you know, here you are driving around this track. And I always thought, like what you just said, one day is do that drive, maybe stay overnight. And even if you just go around Mount Panorama slowly, the fact that you're there, get some photos, I think it would be a great thing to do. Yeah. 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 And I mean, look, the drive, the drive through Bell's Liner Road and Bilpin and beautiful scenery as well into the back of Lithgow. You enjoy the drive and that, but just, yeah, Mount Panorama is pretty special. And the fact that it's open yeah. is, is yeah. great. It's, it's yeah, it's a pretty scary road. When, you, when you're driving it, you realize how yes. are these guys doing it at speed, you oh, know, because yeah. it's a scary, it's a scary road, it that's is. for sure. It is. But I yeah. guess I guess like you said, Putty Road is a great one for people and that's that's one you can do in a day. You know, it's a long drive, isn't it? It's a day. Mm. But if you go to Bathurst and you do those ones, that's probably an overnight stay drive oh, for you, sure. Yeah, you'd get a stay over. Yeah. 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 Make a weekend of it. All right, Marco. We've actually almost done an hour and a half. So there you go. From the beginning, wow. when you said you you, you didn't know oh, how long no. you're going to talk for, you didn't know how you're going to talk for an hour. We got through it, and I knew we would because yeah. you had you've it's got a lot of bloody, It's all a Volkswagen, Michael. It's all a bloody. <laughs> no, it's Volkswagen. not. It's not. It's not. It's it's thirty minutes of V dubs, and it's uh, it's an hour and almost an hour of uh, Porsche. So that's good, and yeah, there's still cool. a relationship no, there. Enjoyed it. Um, v dubs and and Porsche have the connection. Marco, fantastic. Yes. I'm glad you came on. Um, I'm sorry I didn't reach out to you and you had to reach out to me. But I, I, like I said at the beginning, I think when we we're off recording, I always had this thing with you that we would do one live in Sydney and Steve would be in the background and we'd do something like a little bit like that, which I think we should still one should still do one like that when, when yeah, I come back. Yeah, I'd like that. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. It, it was looking like it was going, you, you just weren't coming back, Michael. So I thought, you know what? Well, bugger this. Exactly. I want to have a chat. And even, and even now with the <laughs> lockdown, it looks like we're definitely not coming back. I think we're definitely going to yeah. get shafted, like I said to you before our flight. Um, Marco, thanks yeah, so much. Thanks for, um, I think we'll leave it there, but thanks for coming on Owner Stories. Uh, I think you've got a great story. I think everyone is going to enjoy, um, you know, so many listeners are 996 fans. So many people love the 996. Um, I had a few, quite a few 996 owners on the podcast. I haven't had anyone, from, I always say this, I haven't had anyone from my memory today, which is always a bit blurry lately. I haven't had anyone with a 996 Turbo. Uh, definitely haven't had anyone with a speed yellow 996 turbo that's for sure um i think you got a great car i mean i've i saw the car when it was advertised i've seen the pictures you sent me um you know i I just can't wait to see it in 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 real life so to speak yeah i'll take you for that run michael sounds good (laughs) you'll enjoy it don't drive as fast as steve though he scares me sometimes (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I can't no he's he's pretty good he's pretty good I, I, I never know good. that I never know Steve's breaking points how he can break so late. I always find it very very scary sometimes. Thanks, Marco. Thanks for joining us. Right. Um, and um, oh, uh, before we go, actually, mm-hmm. if you want to go, I just say to the listeners, if everyone wants to go and uh, check out Marco's Instagram, he has some great images. Um, his Instagram is at, is at m.porsche.g. That's m.porsche.g. I should have mentioned it earlier. Uh, it'll be in the description of this podcast. Make sure you go over and give Marco a follow, say hello, and tell him that you enjoyed his story. Thanks, Marco. Thanks for the chat, Michael. Thanks so much. It was good. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. 
All right, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening to the Portugal podcast. That's Marco coming in from Sydney in Australia, my hometown. Marco is a friend. He's Steve's friend. He's Steve's relative. He's got a great car and he's enjoying not only Porsches, but also his uh, air cool passion with the Volkswagens. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Porsche Cool podcast. That's it for today. Bye for now.